Hi, everyone. It's Mitch from PickDogs.com and SportsChatPlace.com. And it is Monday, September 14th, 2020, here with your live show. We're live seven days a week, 365 days a year at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also have another show that we do at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. I'm not on that show every day. That one's hosted by Tony T and Dana Lane. Joe D'Amico is kind of the color man a few days a week there, and I'm on on Thursdays. We have uh, some of the guys that are on on this show are on that 6 p.m. show, so you should check it out on our YouTube channels as well. Of course, uh, at our websites, sportschatplace.com and pickdogs.com, we got free picks on every game every single day. And, of course, also uh, you know here on YouTube, tons and tons of videos so uh be sure to check it all out but uh anyways got sort of a light schedule a bunch of little double headers in uh baseball but meaningful games a lot of meaningful games and then we have uh monday night football a double header one nhl game so uh let me bring in the puck dogs and uh brian bittler and uh we'll get started with uh today's action but um Morning, guys. Mixed up the order a little bit. I kind of just went with the order that every that it landed on today, and uh, so you got Rod up at top next to me, and Brian in Rod's other spot. So uh, going to uh, mix things up a little bit. Good morning, uh, Chris. How are you? you seem uh, I can't hear you. Okay, Rod. Um, not sure why Chris's mic never seems to be set for the show. I'm not gonna say never. I will just say, oh, I got you all muted. That's why I got you. <laughs> Happy Monday to me. Anyways, Rod, how did NFL Sunday go, and what do you got on tap for today? Uh, and, 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 and NFL Sunday was uh, was all right. Uh, that last game killed me, um, but I'm not gonna say that that last play was. Uh, if that was a hockey play, they're going to the penalty box. Sorry, you can't. There's no. There's no acting in hockey. Uh, that's that was that was acting. But but I don't. But I don't. Really, I don't see it as acting I, I at all. I don't blame the game on one one play. So. Of course, but I mean, it, here here's the general rule in the NFL, and it's always been this way. Okay, it's always 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 been this way, and it was called this way earlier in the same game, and we saw it called consistently throughout the day. And that is if the receiver's arm or the defender's arm is extended out, then it is a penalty. If they, if you, if you, yes, it was was clear. It clearly was clearly extended, clearly extended, clearly. It was bent. It was bent like this. And 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 then and then then the big act job was like, oh, he pushed me. No, that wouldn't. That would have no effect. That would have no uh-huh. effect. It was a good sell job anyway. No, no, but that would good have the acting job in the NFL has no effect. It's not it's not it's not like the NBA where it's like, you know, it's the it's called on like what happens there. In the NFL, it's the action of the of the offender uh, of the penalty. The NFL there was no I mean, action. There's a, there was, arms they were, they were they were bumped along and there was no pushing action, there was, was no shoving. If you if was, you watch it again, no if you watch it again, You'll see a straight arm. I watched you, it ten you, times over in replay. All right, well, they, someone, there was no some, push. someone no took arm. someone took a team that lost to the Jets on the road yeah. last year and laid points on a, on a night game. Anyways, um, I mean that's really what that boils down to. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes it depends what side you're on, what you see when you see the replay. Exactly, you know, and it's like I mean, I've been I've been roasted on so many bad calls throughout the years, man. It's like I just I'm immune to it, you know. 
But I do know that when there's an extension of an arm, which there was, um, that it's a penalty every single time. And it was called consistently that way throughout the day, throughout all the, all the games. That penalty was called consistently. I watched all the games, and it was consistently called that same way, which is rare for the NFL. Anyways, what do you got on tap today? It's one game. Well, yeah, exactly. It's one game. Um, today is a new day. We, we move forward. Today I got a six-pack. Uh, got to pick on both NFL games. Um, one, one selection on the NHL and three MLB. What side were you um, on in the Raptors call against uh, in that game? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's all, you know, it's, uh, it gives and takes. Anyways, uh, we've seen, especially, I'll tell you where it's really bad. It's just the strike zone in baseball. But, Chris, uh, what, do you, what do you got on tap? How was your NFL yesterday, and what do you got on tap today? Yeah, same for me. My, my NFL was sort of uh, in the middle. We had some really good ones. We had some really bad ones. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, today's a new day. We, we move on. And today in the premium area, I got uh, three, uh, three NFL picks for, for the doubleheader tonight on Monday night. Got a, a package with three MLB and two NHL. I put that together, or you can have everything for maximum Monday. All the website. Wow, a lot, a lot of picks. I when I put my picks in, there was not that many lines, so I might have yeah. to go back and put some more in. How about you, Brian? How was your NFL Sunday? You're the king of the I, NFL. I'll tell you what, Monday, man, I was in. I mean, yeah, early. Yesterday, one o'clock games, I was embarrassed. Then I came back, won my four o'clock, won the prime time. So two and three in the day, I'm not crowing about that. But I got uh, two plays tonight. I got my total of the week in the late game, and I got a side in the uh, early game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sweep those two. You can get both twenty nine ninety five at the website. All right, I got uh, two two plus one pack at the website. I got two uh, two NFL, both the sides in the NFL games, and one Major League Baseball game uh in there as well it's total but um yeah i i had a i had a pretty solid opening day it was you know it's the nfl so it's not going to be perfect uh you know i got that push in the chargers game with everybody else and uh you know the i had the 49ers so i lost that one i'm sure bitler was on the other side of that one but i had uh, the niners yeah i'm sure oh you had the niners or the cardinals yeah really the niners wow surprising but uh yeah brian i generally think a lot in a lot of like and to be honest with you the, the picks i think the picks that i gave out on the show yesterday were like 11 and 2 <laughs> I th- i'm pretty sure i was 10 either 10 and 3 or 11 and 2 in the picks that i gave out on the show and i ha- i hit all the halftime shows if you guys joined us at halftime i gave out the Ravens second half i gave out the redskins uh washington football team second half and i gave out um I gave out the Rams second half in that uh, in Sunday night game. I gave out, you know, we had a lot of those halftime bets, and uh, I, I, it was one. It's like normally I, I get crushed opening week of NFL, but this week I was just this time I was just fine. Um, I think I just stuck to the basics here in this one. You bet against the Lions consistently. You bet against Carson Wentz consistently. And, uh, you know, you, you just stick to those type of strategies. Cowboys were favored on the road when, when, I, when, I, um, when I placed my bet. I know the Rams eventually became the favorite in that game. But the Cowboys were favored on the road. I mean, they lost to the Jets last year on the road. And they, I mean, they were terrible. So until you see something like that, and Mike McCarthy, not exactly a, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't get fired in Green Bay for knocking it out of the park. You know, that's for sure. And we saw that defense get absolutely drilled 
um, you know, on that opening drive. Uh, who, who, what, what player, Brian, do you think was the fantasy guy? I picked, my guy was um, J.K. J., when we did the show, I said J.K. Dobbins was my guy um, for the day, my rookie that was going to do it. He had two touchdowns, but he didn't have a lot of yards. How does that rate out, like, in the fantasy scoring? I know nothing about it. Well, touchdowns are the most important, but, you know, some leagues you get points per reception. So, uh, you know, touchdowns are always king, though. But he so had two of them. Dobbins was the guy I wish I would have had. So he was, he was good? He was a good fantasy guy? Yeah, definitely for the value of where he was taken at. If I don't think most people would have started him yesterday, though. I did in our in our little game here. <laughs> he was my guy. But anyways, I don't know. It was, you know, the NFL gives and takes. We know this. It's a long season. There's going to be a lot of horrific calls. Um, you know, how about that? How about that Ram Stadium? <laughs> oh, man. It's like I'm not one of those, like, guys that goes gaga over the stadium. But I got to say, <laughs> that is the most, that is unbelievable, right? What do you think Jerry Jones was thinking when he saw that thing? Was he like, I got to build me a new stadium? Or <laughs> <laughs> I got to build Jerry Land to take over Jerry World. Man, that was, cr- that's just crazy, right? I mean, wow. Um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not one of those big stadium guys. I never have been, but um I got to say, I was, you know, from what we saw on TV, it was super impressive. And I thought the Rams uniforms didn't look nearly as bad as they did when they unveiled them um, as well. Yeah, but, they still look pretty ugly. Yeah, well, I mean, they're football uniforms. They're not good. You know, no one's uniforms are going to look great. Who was the worst yesterday? So I, I say Carson Wentz, and ba- I think Baker Mayfield was really bad. And I think yeah. what makes Baker Mayfield worse is that he talks a big game. Like, he talks like he's relevant. You know, like, I'm going to kneel, I'm going to stand, I'm going to do all this other stuff. It's like, how about practicing for the game? Because what I saw was your face in the turf a lot, (laughs) a real lot. And the Ravens, it was like they hated him or something. It was like they just were rejoicing in just slamming this guy around the field. And they were really slinging him, too. And they, I mean, they, he just got drilled. And even when he actually threw, like, legitimate passes, even guys like Beckham Jr. were dropping him. It was really bad. They took that game off the grid on the uh, on the NFL uh, on the NFL package on Directv, like where they put all the games on one grid, and then there's like a, you know sometimes if there's if there's too many games to fit on the grid, they put them you know on different on other they have well every game's on its own channel, but then you also have the grid that shows all the games, and then you have like some games that don't fit the grid. And it was like, Ravens, Browns, like, we better take this off the grid. <laughs> it's like, this is going to be ugly. This is, this is not what you want to see. You know, which, oddly enough, they put the Bills-Jets in position one, which, I mean, anyone here have the Jets yesterday? Brian was a Jet guy yesterday morning. On the show. No, I said the Bills. I said it was square, but I was going to take the Bills. Yeah, I mean, Gase is just pathetic, man. He is just, <laughs> oh, my God. So we saw, like, I think the one thing that we saw, and that kind of leads us into night game, so I do have a point here. Um, I, I do have a point. Um, Chris, how bad was Carson once? <laughs> Pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, watched, I watched a good chunk of that game, and I just, I, I was like, well, you know, it's, it's, it's surprising, but then it's not. Like, you thought maybe you'd turn a corner, and then you realize, wait a second, this is Carson Wentz we're talking about, and then it just... Again, it was just an eye-opener. It was like, it just, 
does he hold on to the ball too long, or do you think it's like a, just an ego thing? Uh, because we know we know the play calling is crap, right? I mean, just straight crap in in Philly, right? The play calling was, I mean, as bad as Wentz played, the play calling was worse, right? I mean, it was it was worse, and because I mean, in some of those situations, he had no time. He would have got intentional grounding if well, you threw Jared, the ball away. Well, Jared Goff looked like he had the uh, Marino. Uh, he had, it looked like he had the Marino. Marino uh, release, you know, in last night's game, it was, uh, you know, it he that's had coaching, you know. He had no choice. If he didn't, he would have got, he would have yeah. been eaten. But it's like all night long. that was the game plan. Was like we're gonna get the ball out of this guy's because Goff was a holder too. Goff's a guy, man. Yeah. And he holds onto the ball. It's like, oh man, bad things happen. It's like Baker Mayfield. I mean, Baker Mayfield like, still believes the pump fake is a legitimate play in the NFL with today's speed rushers. It's like. Drew Drew Brees was really fast on release yesterday. Yeah, the quarterbacks you have. That's why why Dan Marino is considered the greatest quarterback of all time because he had that release. Boom, he got sacked four times in a season. You know, it's like that's it. Yeah, he had he had Dwight Stevenson as center. He had Richmond Webb. He had he had some great offensive linemen, but he got you get sacked four times in a season. You get rid of the ball in a hurry. And Philip Rivers has a lightning quick release too. His just accuracy isn't there like Marino's was. You know, he just doesn't throw the lasers like Marino did. And I, you know, when Marino left the Dolphins, he came back as a consultant. And when they didn't trade up to draft Philip Rivers, he he quit because he saw the release. You know, and he was like, "I can work with this guy." You know, but that and that is the truth. Anyways, uh, I thought it was a great opening day all the way around. I didn't have my best day. I certainly didn't have my worst day. I was, um, I did six picks yesterday. I was four, two, and one, um, or three, two, and one, three, two, and one, two, and one in the early, one and one, one, oh, one and one in the uh, late, and then hit the Rams on the on the late one. You know, I we could talk about pass interferences, but I mean, there was the, the red, the Eagles were only up at halftime against the uh, Washington because an, a horrific call in that game. I mean, a guy hits a guy with the shoulder pads. They call roughing, gets a first down. The Eagles get a touchdown out of that. You know, Washington would have had the ball like on the on 30 yard line or something. But um, how about um, Chris? I know you're a, a Patriots guy. How about um, how about Rob Gronkowski in the Bucks uniform? How you think these guys? You think that Brady and Gronk are going to look back in like ten years and say, "Why did we do this?" I mean, they played the Saints, so it's like you could forgive the result. You know, they were going to lose that game anyway. They could have been in New yeah. England; they were going to lose that game, right? If there's fans in the stands and it's New England opening day at New Orleans, they're going to lose, right? I mean, yeah, they're, they're yeah. going to probably lose that game anyway. But Rob Gronkowski gave Brady a look at one point during the game, like, "What are we doing out here?" You know, and it was like, I felt it, you know, I felt it. It was kind of like Rob Gronkowski was like, I retired when I was still on the good team, you know, and now here we are doing this in these uniforms yeah. <laughs> and the wall white on white with the, I mean, this is not a good look for these guys, right? It's like, this is not a good look. Um, I don't know, Chris, what would you think there with that Gronkowski and uh, Brady? The 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 look that I think sort of summed it up 
at least in that regard. And and, and we can forgive the, the 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 loss because it's to the Saints, who are still a really really good team. I think the one look that kind of summed it up for me was when Brady threw the pick six, and he kind of threw his hands up onto his helmet like, "What did I just do?" And it was kind of like, it, it's 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 too early to say because it's only obviously week one, but you kind of get the, the feeling that he was just like. Uh, what am I doing? See, to me, the Brady, the perfect Brady exit was like the year. It was the same thing he did when he dropped the touchdown pass when he was the receiver against Philly in the Super Bowl, right? And that where you kind of see that it was the end of the line for Brady. And then he came back the next year and he won the Super Bowl and he completed the pass to Gronk. And you know when the chips were down and everything was down, it was kind of like you know all you needed was one play and he was able to make that play, that would have been the time to exit. But we have a comment here saying, apologize to Chris for calling a fool when he took the Nuggets money line. I was on the same play. I gave out the Nuggets in, um, in my premium pick, so I, def- I didn't call him a fool for that. It was probably something else. But it, was, it was something down the line. Yeah, I but it was definitely not the Nuggets because I had the Nuggets also. I had the Nuggets also. So I, I, I'm, at, I'm at almost 65% for my NBA. It's like I'm afraid to make another pick. It's like, that's, that's, that's insane. Ryan, 65% for NBA. Is that uh, even possible? That's insane. I'll tell you, I'm going to have to. I mean. I don't know. Absolutely crazy. It's crazy, right? It's like, I don't think, I, I've never been 65% in a sport. You know, in all the years that I've been doing this, I've had some great winners, and I've had some really good stuff, and I've gotten, like, you know, late late information you know like somebody knows something they let me know <laughs> it's like that's always the best right but it's like um i've never like legitimately gone in the handicapping like on a website like this like where you put your picks in early and you know to have them you know equal ground for everybody kind of type thing on 65 percent in the sport i've never done it and uh i don't know Something's happened in the NBA where it's all just clear as day to me these days. And it's like I haven't hit them all. I mean, 65% is still 35% losers. I've probably given out close to 100 picks. So 35 solid losers for you guys to pick at me at. Um, any packages that give the best bet of the day? I think there are a bunch. Anyways, let's get to tonight's action. First that game, Rod has gone fuzzy. I don't know what happened. Steamed up the camera. Yeah, I think he's gone fuzzy, though, right? So, anyways, we got um, the Giants and the Steelers. Big Ben returns to the uh, Steelers lineup. The Giants made some curious offseason moves. (laughs) I mean, really curious. Um, Why do you sign the Packers linebackers after what we saw in San Francisco in January? Rod, what do you see here in uh, this Giants-Steelers matchup? Uh, for me in this one, it's a Giants. I'm not, I'm not taking the Giants. Well, um, you, you, you're going to hope on on your on your Giants quarterback. You know, I'm, I'm not touching that guy with a ten foot pole. But then, can you can you just be Big Ben going to come back 100? percent He didn't look so 100 percent before the injury. Um, for me, the, the Steelers' defense is still good. Um, I think Big Ben can do enough to uh, cover this number. Give me, give me the Steelers here tonight. How about you, Chris? We got uh, the Giants, who basically have one good player on the whole roster, right? Against uh, the Steelers, who 
yeah, they're somewhat on the decline, but we know what we're going to get with the Steelers, and it's going to be solid blocking up front. You're going to get a power running game. Um, they're going to share. My guess is they're going to share carries, Snell and um, Connor, right? And, uh, you know, you have receivers that are kind of, I would say, inadequate, but they went with a receiver early, right, in the draft. So we'll have to see what kind of impact that has. But what you have here is a really good defense. And once again, they made a good trade last year. That Minka Fitzpatrick trade from Miami paid off in gigantic. And here he is against a guy who stinks at quarterback. And he doesn't have a lot of options. Um, I don't know. Is there is there a prop bet out there? And Minka Fitzpatrick uh, pick six. <laughs> I mean, I think if you, if something like that. I mean... I think it seems like it's almost obvious, right? It's uh, it's a gimme. I figured this out. I think I know where the fool comment comes in because going to get the laughing track ready. I'm going to take a shot with the Giants. Hear me out. <laughs> they brought it. <laughs> <laughs> the Giants bring in Jason Garrett. I know Jason Garrett got bashed from his time because he, he could never he could never get the job done in Dallas. But he's still he he has a good offensive mind. I think he's going to be able to work out some kinks with Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. He's going to be able to get these guys going. And I think this is a game where we're going to see the lack of a preseason. You know, we're going to see the effects of that. I think it's going to take a little while for Pittsburgh to get going. And if, if, if the Giants can put up 14 points, that could be enough. That could be enough at least to sneak in the back door and cover. So I, I'll take a shot with the Giants and the points. I don't understand these comments about um, about the Nuggets. Still, it's like I clearly took um, I, I, I clearly took um, the Nuggets. I mean, I'm I'm going to show you guys what's going to happen here in just a second. Oh, I saw it. I saw you at the Nuggets. I looked. Miami uh, Dolphins. Here it is. Hang on a sec. We're going to show you guys exactly. So you can see right down here, it says it's right. Let's see. Right here. So there it is Denver Nuggets win. So I, I'm not understanding the Nuggets comments. I had the Nuggets. <laughs> it's like, all right, <laughs> let's put that one to rest. Brian, uh, I know well, you. Uh, what do you like here, Giants or Steelers? I'll tell you what. After this, I got to cut out for a second, but I'm going to tell you one thing. I really think this game is similar uh, to the Jaguars Colts yesterday. I think you're going to see similar things happen uh, as far as the total goes. I like it to go under the number. I think we're going to see Pittsburgh's defense step up. I think the Giants are actually going to start off the year by playing some defense. Take the under here. What do you think, think the about these Giants? What do you head. think about these giant linebackers against the Steelers' running game? I, I don't understand the logic here because we saw these guys give up. Chris is our statistician here. How many yards was it that the Niners ran for them on? And these are the How same. Is James Conner. These are the same. These are the same guys. This is Blake Martinez and whoever, right? These are the same guys. So they got, they got them both from the Packers. Yeah, these are the same guys. 
I think it was upwards like 300 yards. Yeah, over 300. Something. It was over 300. Yeah, maybe they come out with their hair on fire. I, don't I know. think I think it could I think it could have been 500, but the end zone kept getting in the way. Um. Anyways, so so you like the Giants tonight? Is what you're saying? No, I'm saying I have uh, I'm giving out my free pick is on the under. I think it's a low scoring game. All right, I I'm kind of torn on the total in this game. I gave out the over in the free pick video, but um, I'm really not sure. You know. To be honest with you, I have a premium pick on the side. Anyways, we'll kill some time here while Brian is away. But we got the uh, Titans and the Broncos. This is interesting because you got a young quarterback in Denver, a guy that I wanted. Um, you know, they that's the guy that I wanted in Miami was Drew Locke. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he does have a bright future. I like the receivers that the Broncos added. But last time we saw Derrick Henry, (laughs) (laughs) it didn't look like it was a lot of fun for the defense. Um, The Titans, I think, got a little better in the offseason. This is a team that was, um, you know, the Broncos are a rebuilding project. They think they have things going the right direction. I think they've put a few pieces of the puzzle together. I think what happened was is they had a few really big salary guys. Right. So when you have those few really big salary guys that were left over from your glory days, from your winning days, from your Peyton Manning team, when you have a few of those leftovers and you have a salary cap league, that kind of just weighs on the whole roster. Right. So now it takes time because now you have to build with young guys that have lighter salaries. And that's what the Broncos where they're at. But I think they're maybe in the third. They might be in the fourth inning, you know, while the Titans are in the bottom of the ninth with the bases loaded. They are, you know, they were, they were three quarters away from going to the Super Bowl last year. Um, I'm not a Ryan Tannehill guy, but if you don't ask him to do much, I mean, he's perfectly serviceable to stand there and hand the ball to Derrick Henry and then, you know, throw to wide open tight ends and receivers. Rod, what do you see here in Denver tonight? Denver generally a very tough building, but without the fans, um, kind of we saw it yesterday. You know, a few of these stadiums, it was like the best was Tony Romo and Jim Dance talking about the fake crowd noise and how the fake crowd didn't like the call, and it was like like the fake the fake like the crowd really didn't like the play call there. It was like yeah. the, the Patriots took a knee, really like booing. the Patriots like ran the ball like heading into the half, you know, instead of like trying to get a score. And it's like like wow, the crowd really didn't like that play call. It was like yeah. the fake crowd. I, I kind of did that a couple times yesterday. All right. They so boo it. it was like, I have something to say. I thought the cardboard cutouts were fun in baseball for a little bit, but now I'm done with them. Now I'm done. <laughs> now I'm done. That's it's starting to look like memorials of dead people. <laughs> right. It's just wrong, yeah. yeah. It's like, it was like, the, like a month ago, the Arnold Palmer would have been funny, you know, but this time it was kind of like, it's kind of like just there. And then I'm like looking at it, it's like, this just looks weird now, you know? Yeah, the, the novelty's worn off. The novelty's worn off, yeah. and especially since the NBA nailed it, you know? Since the NBA got it so right, you know, by like having some kind of weird video screens there and having actual fans in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> 
I like that way better. Way better than this. I mean, this looks like dead people. Speaking of dead people, what do you think, Rod? Um, this Broncos team, they've definitely added a bunch of pieces on offense um, to help Drew out. Um, Tennessee still Tennessee. Of course, they still got Derrick Henry. You still got Tannehill. Tannehill had a great year. Can he uh, repeat that this year as well? Uh, it's yet to be seen. Uh, for me in this one, uh, give me the under. Uh, I think both teams like to uh, run the ball and grind the clock. Uh, I like the under here. Give me the under. Okay. Um, how about you, Chris? Yeah, Rod, Rod took the words right out of my mouth. I, I, I like the under as well. I think this is going to be a game where you're going to see a lot of a lot of a ground game and a lot of chewing up of the clock. I think this one finishes under the total as well. How about you, Brian? Tonight on the drive-through, I'm giving out the side absolutely free, so tune in. Uh, but as far as a free pick here, take Noah Fant to score the first touchdown, eleven to one odds, fifty bucks on that. All right, I think um, I think this one's going to stay under. It's just me. Anyways, let's do the hockey game first. Let's mix it up a little bit. Rod, we got uh, the Stars in Vegas going at it. Did the Stars video in one take yesterday. Rather for seamless. me, uh, again, this this series has been all about uh, tie checking, lots of hitting, and goals coming at a premium. So uh, give me the under. I'll take the under five and a half. Chris, anything? I'm I'm still not going to waver. I still like the Stars to close the series out. And Brian? Small lean to Vegas, high money line, but I see it going seven games. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Thanks for Rod. Hey, my Angels won yesterday. That's all I can say. Hell, uh, even a blind squirrel. Um, <laughs> got the uh, Major League Baseball. Got kind of a weird card today, right? There's 10 games, a bunch of double headers. It was like they didn't want to compete with Monday Night Football. I mean, that's it's it's. there's always kind of this respect thing, you know? Like certain events don't want to compete with other events, and I think they just didn't want to compete with Monday Night Football, but it's like they had to do it because the season is winding down, and if you guys saw my videos um, today on YouTube, I kind of break down the playoff races in each of these different uh, divisions and everything and, and how the games um, relate to that. So the way the playoffs work, just to refresh um, everybody's memory and those you that haven't had a chance to watch my videos. First place and second place in each division make the playoffs, regardless of your record. Over, regardless of what your record is overall in, in the league. So you could have the 10th best record and be second place in your division and still make the playoffs. And then, so it's so the top two teams in each division. And then after that, it's the teams with the two best records that don't fit that category. So, there is a big issue 
out there right now in the National League, and that is that the St. Louis Cardinals have played significantly less games than everybody else. They've played at least six games less than everybody else that they're competing against. So they're going to have to make these games up in a hurry. They're lucky they're in Milwaukee, right? So (laughs) keep these things in mind as we go forward, and I'll kind of mix these in, even though I did it on uh, on the videos. I'll bring it back in again, and we'll talk about, you know, I'll, I'll explain what, I'll try my best to explain how these, um, how these games, what these teams need to happen in order for there to be a postseason for them. So, first game we have is the Reds and the Pirates game one, Trevor Bauer against Cody Ponce. So, here's the Reds situation right now. The Reds are... They're not going to make second place. Well, they have a shot at second place in, in, in the central. Oops, I got the wrong. I clicked on something. Oh, that was weird. What did I do? Oh, no. Anyways, I clicked on something there. All right, I might have to reset. There we go. Clicked on a button. Anyways. Oh, I see what happened. I have the settings here on this on this screen. I have three screens is, is what I'm looking at. So it's like, I don't know what I'm clicking at. Time. So the Reds, the Reds are in third place in the Central. The Reds are in third place in the Central, but there are two games in, in the standings behind the Cardinals here. The Cardinals are, are um, they're two and a half games behind the Cardinals in the standings, but they trail the Cardinals by six games in the loss column. So catching the Cardinals is going to be very, very difficult, okay? Because only, they only have, um, the Reds only have 13 games left. So basically, if they lose another game, they're going to be done because the Cardinals, if they go, you know, the, if, the Cardinals have 20 games left. The Reds have 13 games left. So the Cardinals are really going to have to fall off the map to catch them in the, you know, six games is a tremendous amount in the loss column. It's especially if you're the Reds, but anyway, so the Reds ahead of the Reds in the standings are the San Francisco giants. And that's a game and a half, two games in the loss column and three games in the win column. And then ahead of them also is the Rockies and the Brewers. They're, so the Reds have some big problems and the big, the problem that the Reds have are those 26 losses. You know, that is their problem. They cannot really afford to lose another game um, at this point. Anyways, Bauer and Ponce. Rod, what do you think? Uh, for me in this game, Bauer pitched to uh, Pittsburgh and gave up four runs on September 4th. Uh, I like the over here in game one. I think we're going to see some runs. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm on the over as well. I think we're trying to see Bauer regress a little bit, and I'd like Ponce to give up a few as well, so give me the over. And how about you, Brian? I don't know how you could take the Reds in this spot. Juice is way too high. I'll take a shot with the Pirates here. I'm with you because I've seen the Pirates have big success at Great American Ballpark in the past. I used to live in Cincinnati years ago, and I was there when they opened Great American Ballpark. And actually, the team they opened against was the Pirates, who won at Great American on opening day of the opening park and the next day. <laughs> they really, I was at that game and as well, and they really, really hammered them. And it's kind of, you know, they hammered them so bad that it's, I'm still talking about it. 
But, I, you know, I think the Reds are done. And I think we've seen the Reds at these big prices this season. And I think they've won, like, one game at a, at a big price like this, if even that. Uh, we got also game two for the Reds and the Pirates. Anthony DiSclafani up against Mitch Keller. Um, the Reds could be mathematically eliminated by the time they take the field for this one. Um, Pirates are pretty good at playing for nothing. Rod? Uh, I don't like the Scafani. I'll, t- I'll take Pittsburgh here in game two. How about you, Chris? I think you could see a Pittsburgh sweep in this doubleheader, so I'll take uh, take Pittsburgh on the money line here. I'll ask this one for our audience. Parlay? Possibly. <laughs> 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 people, anytime you say two different picks you know, together in, in any kind of relation at all, people ask, should I parlay those? <laughs> Brian's like, I hear that all the time. <laughs> I hate parlays. <laughs> anyway, I think the best bet you could do is 50 bucks on the Pirates in both games. I think they're going to win one of the two, get a profit. All right. Well, we got we got the Phillies and the Marlins. We got Vince Velasquez. This is this one was supposed to be um, originally when I did the video on this thing. It was Wheeler against uh, Lopez. You know, I used to like Lopez, but he was involved in that twenty nine to nine beatdown, and he really got hit with the ugly stick in that one. And if you look at before that game, he also got smashed around. And Vince Velasquez, I mean, it's he's made a career out of getting smashed around. How the total drops from nine to eight and a half in this thing is beyond me. I'm I'm not only am I going to bet this again, I'm going to bet it again. <laughs> I mean, I, this is only a seven inning game. I get it. Right, but Vince Velasquez and Pablo Lopez over se- over eight and a half could easily happen by the second or third inning. We've seen Pablo. We've seen him do it. It's not. Like, it's not. And the Marlins, you know, very much competing for a play for a postseason spot, and so are the Phillies. This these are big games. These are really big games. Um, the Marlins are very much in the mix here, and the Phillies, I believe, for second place in the. Uh, in the East. So the Phillies are, the Marlins have a half game lead on the Phil, on the Phillies for uh, second place in the, in the national East. So Pablo Lopez, 1.2 innings pitch. I uh, love this line. Four hits, seven runs, seven earned, four walks, and a dinger. He lasted thirty. He lasted fifty-five pitches in one point two innings in that twenty-nine to nine beatdown in Atlanta. And then before that, it was four innings, five hits, five runs, five earned, two walks, and one of these. I mean, he's been giving it up in bunches, Pablo. The last two outings. Um, I don't know. Rod? Uh, I agree. Uh, you got to take the over here. I'm definitely going to see a whole swack of runs. I'm going to be like playing football. 14-7. What you, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure the, I'm sure our podcast listeners don't appreciate this, but I'm, I'm twirling my finger around like the, <laughs> like the umpire does when they signal home run. <laughs> Chris? I'm, I'm going to take the over, but I'm also going to take the Marlins. I think uh, that 
previous start from Lopez before the two blow-ups was at home, and he uh, threw, I think, seven shutout innings against the Rays, and it was just a matter of the Marlins not giving him any run support. So I'll take uh, I'll take the Marlins in the over. Do you find the eight and a half somewhat offensive? Yeah, a little bit, but... An insult to your intelligence? Yeah. <laughs> I'm also not surprised. Brian, how about you? I'll tell you what, I'm going to go. The, it looks too easy, too good to be true. I'm going to go under, and I'm going to take the Marlins. I'm going to parlay those two together for 50. Yeah, it's, uh, we, got, uh, we got a lot of Carson Wentz apologists here in, in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Carson Wentz. His offensive line was hurt. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah I mean, that's the facts, though. There's some quarterbacks that had far worse games yesterday. Yeah, one of, them wasn't, one of them wasn't Haskins, I'll tell you that much. I mean, I had the Redskins, so... Yeah. You know, it played out the way we it's thought. It's the Washington it football out, team. I'm not going to put it on Washington football though, team. That's for sure. Oh, Joe Burrow, first time in the NFL. I thought compared to other quarterbacks, first time ever starting. I thought it was. I thought it was great, but still a rookie. You know, he for everything that he did good, that shovel pass to <laughs> to uh, the linebacker. That was. Uh, a rookie, rookie, was, yeah. It was like wow, that. And then you know the poor kicker. You know it's like he hasn't missed within forty yards in twenty six steps. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. that's, I love how they just burn him. And that is I mean, the best at it. And that is the life of a Bengals fan right there. Oh, yeah. that's why you call them the Bungles, not the Bengals. <laughs> got and they got some, they got some weapons in Cincinnati. Oh, it's, you know what? Way to this, so this this Marlins Phillies game is not a doubleheader. It's actually a full nine inning game. So I love the over. Oh, the under's looking better now. <laughs> yeah, I just think you're trying to sucker you into that over bet. I, I won't, I'm not falling for it. I'm falling for it. We got Marco <laughs> Gonzalez and Jesus Lazardo. Interesting here. So Oakland no longer uh, leads the American League with the best record. That belongs to the White Sox, and uh, the. So Oakland now sits on top of the uh, American League West. They are six and a half games clear of the Astros. So they're, they're in. They're game back of the White Sox for uh, best overall. It's an exact one game, too. They're one game back, you know, one more loss and one less win. So it's exactly a full game from the White Sox for the overall. And they're tied. They're a half game back of Tampa Bay who is uh, tied in the loss column, and uh, they're in the win column. I'm not really sure because they're talking bubble for baseball playoffs, so I'm not really even sure what this all is going to mean. It certainly, I mean, look at the NBA where we have number, what, three against number five or something? In that, right? So, I mean, um, anyways, Marco Gonzalez has been pretty good. Lizardo, I think, is overrated. I think this is a good spot for the doggy. How about you, Rod? Yeah, I agree. Uh, give me the Mariners here. Chris? Yeah, I'm a Marco Gonzalez guy. Give me the Mariners. Brian? Oh, yes, consensus. Mariners here. Dog. Gotta take it. We got another Mariners consensus two days in a row. Yesterday we hit with Dunn on the uh, consensus for the uh, Mariners. We got uh, Kwong Young Kim. I guess he's cured um, from his liver problems. Um, up against Josh Lindblom for game two in uh, for game one in Milwaukee. Game one. Milwaukee. The Cardinals, like I said, 40, they, they've played, the Cardinals have played about seven games less than everybody else. Six to seven games than everybody else. 
but they have a nice lead in that loss column. It's where, you know, the reason why they're in the standings where they are is because of where they are in the win column. The Cubs have the same amount of losses as the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are eight games back in the win column from the Cubs, so they're probably not going to catch them. But they can put the Brewers pretty much away, you know, and the Reds, um, no problem. But the Brewers, you know, tied with the Reds there, so there's still, you know, puncher's chance here. If they can get it to 500, they're 20 and 24, they're four games under. They kind of have no tomorrow, you know, in them, but what we're seeing in the, especially in the National League, is the teams at the top are all winning, and the teams in the, at the bottom and the mid range are all losing. What do you see here, uh, Rod? Uh, for me, uh, I like the Cardinals here in uh, game number one. Uh, I'm not. Lindblom's just looked awful. So, but so really, really odd line movement here. I know Bittler's going to be all over that, but Chris, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like the Cardinals as well. I, I like uh, I like him as a starter, so I'll take uh, I'll take the Cardinals. So Brian Milwaukee's gone from uh, from plus one hundred five to uh, minus one fifteen with thirty two percent of the public on them. I don't even need to ask you who you got here. No, oh, I mean it's uh, this will be the third straight day that I would lose with the Brewers, but you know I'm gonna bet even more today because it's just I mean I guess Kim plays in the back of his baseball card today and has a bad outing. I'm gonna take the Brewers. So I saw in the Facebook group someone gave out that strategy where like every time you lose double your bet. Oh, I don't do that. No, either. that's a, that's I, I that's, that is a hor- <laughs> that's a horrible system. I have to tell you cuz two things two things happen to you, especially at the casino. I've seen people do it at the blackjack table too. There's only two there's only two things that could possibly happen in the end of that. Outside, yeah, you know, I'm sure I'm sure you have your share where you win. But um you know, I'm sure I'm sure there are times, you know, when, when you win doing that, but um, I've, I have a friend that used to do that, and I, used to, I saw two things happen to him um, consistently using this methodology. One is you max out your ATM card, right, where you hit your, your daily max that you can take out of your ATM. And number two is you hit the table or you hit the table limit, you know, of the most that you can bet on a hand. So, you know, most most blackjack tables, you know, in in Vegas or anywhere else, all do. They have a limit. It might be five grand. It might be ten grand. It might be twenty five grand. It might be you know, it might be less depending on what state you're in and, and any of that stuff. I've seen. I think in some of the states, I've seen a lot lower you know table limits. But like in Vegas, you know, there's tables twenty five thousand you know limit or whatever. But if you do do that doubling a bet, even if you start at a hundred bucks a hand you will hit a hand where you'll need to bet over that table max to double your last bet. It will happen if you play enough. It will definitely, definitely happen. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it more than once. Um, yeah, I, I, I have to say that this, this, this all looks lo- really fishy to me, you know, this, this Brewers-Cardinals, but I can't see the Brewers beating the Cardinals. It's, so, it's like they're so bad, so bad. How about game two? Um, Corbin Burns and Daniel Ponce de Leon. This line cannot be correct. Um, that yeah, I'm seeing. It can't, it can't be. <laughs> I've seen it verified around that at three different three different books. Have you tried to place the bet? Yeah, you got on. The, really, you got it. I got it. Really? No yeah. <laughs> you got plus. You got plus one one ninety. Plus one ninety on the cards. On the cards. All right. See, I. 
I got FanDuel up right now, and for some reason, it only offers me two different baseball games a day, and that's not one of them. But I mean, that's only Pennsylvania FanDuel. Well, that's because it's late lines. There was a lot of late lines, so it it will update. FanDuel FanDuel is going to take your action, Brian. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, I know I, I might know a guy. <laughs> I mean, even then, even then, I'm looking at another one right now, and it's giving me plus one seventy. So hmm. that's crazy. I mean, how, they got to be begging you to take the Cardinals here, right? I, I'm going to guess you're going to get refunded on that, but that's just me. Tiki Toussaint and George Lopez going at it in Baltimore. I mean, the line here, 10.5, now down to 10 for the total. And these are two teams that have really been swinging the bats and two pitchers that, I mean, there's nothing. I don't see any resistance me either. Uh, give me the over. Yeah, Lopez, the last time he started, so he's had three relief appearances where he's been pretty sharp, but five innings, three hits, two runs, two earned, eight strikeouts, three walks. And that's not bad. Six strikeouts. The way the Braves are hitting the ball right now, they're going to eat him for dinner. Yeah, I have a feeling that, that could, that's definitely a possibility. How about you, Chris? I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to take the under. That 53 runs in their last five games, I don't think that's sustainable. And 29 of those came against the Marlins. And like you said, Lopez, he, he pitched well in his last last appearance. And, you know, the, the Orioles only got 16 hits in four games against the Yankees over the weekend. So I'll uh, I'll take the under. I think both pitchers missed some bats here. All right. Dylan Cease and Jose Barrios. Guaranteed rate, the Chicago White Sox now have the best record in the American League, the second best record in all of baseball. They have had some soft scheduling. They've taken advantage of it. They now face a Twins team that has been a thorn in their side. (laughs) I will tell you. But Barrios, this guy has never really lived up to the billing, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Rod, what do you think? Uh, For me in this one, I, I like the over. Uh, give me the over nine. I think uh, we're going to get some runs here. How about you, Chris? Yeah, give me the White Sox. I'm still not sold on Barrios, even though he's been pitching a little bit better lately. I think White Sox are playing too well right now. How about you, Brian? Seems like a trap to take the White Sox here. This is a premium pick. I'm giving it out. Take the Twins. Go big. They're going to they're gonna get it done today. I love the White Sox here. I, I, don't, I don't see it. Barrios, uh, to me, has been the guy. Like, if the Twins are going to lose one to the White Sox, this would be the one they would lose. It's like Barrios, it's like when you're, when you're drafted that high and you're seen as that high of a prospect, you need to be able to pitch at least a few shutout games and, you know, one-run games. But those are few and far between with this guy. This guy, he gets into the fifth inning. It's four runs, three runs. And it always looks like it's like, wow, man, they got three or four runs off this guy. It always looks odd that the other team is scoring these runs and that he's pitched so well but still giving up these runs. But it's the same story over and over and over and over and over again. It's like I don't think you can give up four runs today and and win against Chicago because I think four becomes eight against this White Sox team in a hurry. Uh, Real quick. Real quick. We got game two of Seattle, Oakland. Margavicious up against Mike Miner. I like Seattle. I know they're not going to make the playoffs. I like, I like, I like this I like team. 
I like this team. I think they have a chance, you know, to make it. But the problem is, is that you have those American League East teams with the Blue Jays and the Yankees up there, you know. So one of those teams is probably going to be the at-large team. And then, you know, the Twins, the White Sox, and the uh, Indians, one of those teams will be the other odd, odd man out. I like Seattle here today. Give me, give me. As Brian would say, put 50 bucks on Seattle in both games, and, and I bet you can hit one of them. Yeah, give me Seattle for the sweep. Right. I'm going Seattle. I'm going to do what Roger said, 50 bucks on both of those two. How about Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Seattle, Seattle parlay? Chip Throw in the Cardinals at plus 200. Um Speaking of ones weird bets for me, I like the Dodgers today against the Padres. Kershaw minus one thirty. I don't. I don't love Lamet. I when Lamet first came up, I was all over him, but now it's like I'm less all over him. I mean, last time out, shutout, but outside of, and that was against the Rockies. But outside of that, he's been super hittable, and it's like it seems that his. Um, well, I guess not super hittable, but you know, it just seems that when his relief comes in, that he gets um that they get battered you know it's like so last time out right or you go back to his last few starts he allows two runs the final score is eight seven he allows three runs the final score is ten seven he allows three three runs eleven four you know it's like he's involved in he's involved here's one where he went 6.2 innings one hit one run one earned 11 strikeouts the final score was nine to five it's like he's involved in a lot of high scoring games. <laughs> it's like he, it's like he has a ton of no decisions because he's involved in games that end up being really high scoring. It's because he throws so damn hard that the other guys come in and it looks like a meatball. It's like who are you going to put in in relief? You know, after Denilson Lamette, this guy th- is one of the hardest throwers in baseball. So it's like any reliever you pit, you throw in, their fastball is going to look like batting practice. Kershaw's so crafty. Rod? Um, for me in this one here, I'm not a Kershaw guy. I don't like Kershaw. Give me, give me San Diego here. I'm not a Kershaw guy. I, I, uh. <laughs> I don't know, man. Give me San Diego I hate the here. Dodgers, and I'm a Kershaw guy. Chris? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, completely, I'm completely a Kershaw guy. I think we're seeing vintage Kershaw again. If he is he confirmed for for this start? Yep. And I'm then I'm all over the Dodgers here, like white on rice. Give me give me the Dodgers. How about you, Brian? I tell you what, if you select the action, there's always a chance they'll per, pull Kershaw and Lamette's numbers. I mean, they're pretty good. I'm going with the Padres. This means a lot. I'll take San Diego. I'm going with uh, I'm going with the uh, with the Dodgers all the way here. I just think that in the big games like this, you know, this is this is it. This is the best record in the American League versus the best record in the National League. These are the two best teams, you know, in the National League this season, and they're both in the same division. I know the Padres, uh, you know, they leave it all on the table, but I just think the Dodgers have gutsier guys from top to bottom on this roster, and I think with Clayton Kershaw on the mound, even though he doesn't get it done in the postseason usually, I think with an abbreviated season, maybe this is his year. This guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and whether you like him or not, or whether you like, you know, the Dodgers or not, 
it's tough not to like Kershaw. He's kind of like the Peyton Manning of baseball of the of the of the last ten years. You know, he's kind of that guy, right? Who has just been the constant. You know, it's always like, uh oh, you know, it's like here comes Kershaw and he's on. You know, it's like it's quick innings. You know, it's like just. You know, he sucks the wind out of their sails. And, you know, the way he's been pitching this year, I just really – it's nice to see. I mean, I, I like I – think, I think one of the things that, you know, as I've gotten older, um, you know, and YouTube guys will say I'm 100 and something. But, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I think I've gotten more of an appreciation for when you watch a guy who is just a certain Hall of Famer, you know, and you get to watch him during, the, during his career. And Kershaw's one of those guys. You know, we got to see Tom Brady in the, in the prime of his career. I got to see Michael Jordan in the prime of his career. I lived in Boston when Larry Bird was ruling the roost with the, with the Celtics and playing against Magic, you know, and Worthy and Kareem. And it's like, you know, when I was a kid, it was kind of like you took these things for granted. When I was younger, it was kind of like, ah, you know, wow, it's like this guy has, you know, and you see these fantasy players and they go gaga over a guy like Matthew Stafford. It's like... If you think Matthew Stafford is anything, you know, then you never saw, you know, some of these other guys that played under a different set of rules in the NFL. You know, if you think that, you know, if you think like this, you know, if you think some of these running backs, like, you know, I don't know, Todd, if you thought like Todd Gurley a few years ago was something special, then you never saw O.J. Simpson play football, you know, because that was something special. You know, O.J. Simpson went over 2,000 in a 14-game season. You know, on a crappy team where they knew he was going to get the ball every single time and carried him to the playoffs. Now, like, Barry Sanders used to be one of those. Backs. Right. Barry Sanders was exactly the same thing. You know, just a different breed. You know, it just the, you, these guys don't come around too often. It's like, I don't care if, you know, David Johnson is your first fantasy player two years ago. You know, he's he's nothing compared to Billy Sims. You know, nothing, you're nothing, or Earl Campbell, you know, you're nothing compared to those guys, you know, and that's just the way that it is, and I think Clayton Kershaw fits in that category, I think Max Scherzer fits in that category, that Greg Maddox category, where it's like every time he went to the mound, it was like, you're going to see something just totally special, you know, today, and it's like this, it's like every time they they step on the mound, it's a potential no-hitter, Halliday, right, it's like every time he stepped on the mound, it was like, Potential Randy Johnson, right? It's like every single time out there, you know, it was like it was going to be a tough day on the hitters. But anyways, that's just me. And uh, no, you know, it's 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 fun to bet against those guys. We I bet against Tom Brady plenty, right? And I bet against Peyton Manning a ton. And you know, there's other guys out there that might end up being you know those guys too. Um, but anyways, let's get to our parlay section. Chris, Pirates, Pirates, uh, Mariners, Mariners. What do you think? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Dallas Stars on the money line. Uh, I'm gonna take the Seattle Mariners money line in Game One, and I'm gonna take the Dodgers on the money line. How about you, Rod? For me, I'm gonna take uh, the Reds over six and a half Game One. Uh. Seattle money line game one and the San Diego Padres money line over the Dodgers. Brian. Simple two game parlay twins and Padres today. Marlins Marlins Phillies over. 
I like the uh, Mariners in game one. And I like the Chicago White Sox. That'll be my parlay for today. Anyways, enjoy Monday Night Football. I'll see you guys at halftime of that Steelers-Giants game. I'll see you guys at halftime of that Broncos-Titans game. Maybe I'll drag one of these guys with me for, uh, for, for one of those halftime shows. If not, I could always fly solo. I've been doing it for years. Anyways, been a great, great day. A little bit of time to talk some other stuff besides straight betting. I enjoyed that, too, at the beginning of the show. Hopefully, you guys did. Um, but that's kind of like all those thoughts there, kind of what goes through my head when we're, uh, when, when we're doing, um, you know, when, when, we're, uh, when, I'm, when I'm handicapping games. So, uh, anyways... Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Promise we'll try and act more professional tomorrow. Have a great day.